Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey y'all, one quick note before we jump into this week's episode. This was recorded right after Jane and Patty went to the Disney parks. And as always, things have changed. Things have changed. So as I was editing this, there was a couple of notes I wanted to make to give you a heads up. Uh, First of all, we talk about the mask policy and some changes that were made uh, a week ago. Well, guess what? more changes were made. And so I want to add this uh, note to it as well. We touch on this when we talk about Epcot. Now there are some additional notes uh, to make. Uh, There is clarification to the mask guidelines at Disney World. And it's specifying that face coverings containing valves, mesh or uh, mesh material or holes of any kind are not acceptable face coverings. They also made mention that gaiters or bandanas were not going to be allowed and that has that has been enforced. We've seen that policy actually happening. Uh, so those are just some notes on the face mask policy that I wanted to make sure you knew as up-to-date as possible. And then according to Disney, face coverings are intended to reduce the transfer of respiratory droplets and exhalation valves and materials with holes do not adequately filter air that is exhaled. I mean, duh, right? So all you folks that were trying to get around the system by saying, I have a face covering, it goes over my ears, but it was made of mesh or it was made of, you know, completely transparent material. Nice try, but Disney ain't playing. Don't do it. Leave those at home. Uh, So yeah, your fishnet stocking mask, girlfriend stop it all right all right uh the other thing that i wanted to note was we also talk about rise of the resistance and the boarding group policy uh how to basically get on rise of the resistance everything that we cover in this episode is still accurate as of today's date which is monday july 27th except the times that you have to try to get your boarding pass. This has actually changed from when we first recorded. So you'll hear Jane walk you through that process. And originally, I think the times were 10, 1, and 4 p.m. where they kind of opened a, a section of boarding passes that you could try to snag. Well, now that's changed. And you can only get a boarding pass at 10 a.m. and then again at 2 p.m. They came out and they said that this was basically to make the queue process a little bit better, to keep it flowing better. And you'll hear my report on the queue process at Rise of the Resistance and how uncomfortable it actually did make me feel. So I'm hopeful that this is in response to, um, you know, that kind of feedback is that we stood in line a lot longer than I wanted to or expected to during this uh, ride. So maybe changing these boarding passes um, to a different period of time frame might help space that out a little bit better. Everything else, though, is still accurate from this recording, so go ahead and take a listen to it. This is our experience from Hollywood Studios and Epcot in the opening weeks of Walt Disney World. 
To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about Disney parks than most grown women should, and we're perfectly okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. And learning more every day. (laughs) Yes, because more things seem to come out every single day. Every day. (laughs) Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at RealMouseWifeWDW. Hey, y'all. I'm Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com and No Guilt Travel, a travel agency that specializes in, you will never guess, Disney and Universal Vacations. You can find me on all socials at No Guilt Life. Now, we have two more parks uh, to talk about because Walt Disney World had a staggered opening last week, uh, which means we had staggered visits uh, to each of the four parks. And for anybody who's chiming in and they're thinking, as I personally was thinking this week, like, oh, another new show. Can't we get the fun stuff again? Can't we go back to uh unpopular opinions and some games and y'all work it's coming it's coming please just bear with us but we feel like there's a lot to talk about and a lot of new stuff that's happening and if we didn't think it was beneficial we wouldn't do it i guess is the answer that we have but at the same time we do understand we do we want to get back to those fun games too and we have plans for that so it's happening but this was important and we wanted to make sure that we covered some of this information for anybody who might be looking to make plans to go to Disney either later this um, later this summer or in the fall or even next year, at least give you a little bit of a visual as to what is happening and what's going on. And as Teresa attested to earlier, things change all the time. So <laughs> this is just the best that we can tell you as of what's going on right now with our experiences. Uh, Jane and I both spent some time in the parks last week. And we wanted to come back here and give that real deal report on what we felt, saw, experienced, um, so that you can decide if a trip to Walt Disney World is in your future. And before we get into that, though, Teresa's going to give a little update on the most recent mask face covering policy that has come out. Yes. So you do still need to wear them. That It's not an update on that. Uh, <laughs> but this touches on, it was a question I'd had I think when they first announced it, um, because I think initially the policy was visitors to and up had to wear masks at all time, except when eating and drinking. And I was curious how that would work, especially after they announced Epcot would be having an extended food and wine festival. And typically in that scenario is people walk around and they eat or grab drinks and kind of, you know, walk with their friends from one booth to the other. So I was I was curious I guess, how that would be enforced or how they'd be monitoring that. And I'm guessing we'll hear a bit from Jane and Patty about what it was like um, when the parks first opened. But Disney has recently adjusted that policy. So, you know, you still you still can take off your mask when you're eating and drinking. But they're they're now asking guests to remain stationary and physically distanced from other guests while they're doing that. So that means especially for food and wine festival, if you're if you can go and get something from one of the booths, you can't just kind of wander wander through World Showcase and enjoy enjoy what you've grabbed. I think they're expecting you to find a spot off of the main path where you are you're isolated from other guests, and then you can take it off, take off your masks, enjoy your refreshments, and then put them back on before you 
start moving around. And this policy isn't just for Epcot, it's for all of the parks, and it's also going to be for Disney Springs. So this is this something to be aware of if you'd intended on on using that loophole to to wander around a park or Disney Springs without your mask on. Disney is not you you can't do that anymore. I'm a fan. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it was definitely I don't know, a loophole that people are taking a lot of advantage over. And uh, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. So yeah, that definitely flows right into this um, discussion that we have about, I guess we can just start with Epcot. It was the last uh, last park that I visited. And same. I You too? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm glad I saved it for last because I have a one word response as to my feelings about Epcot. Should I put should I put earmuffs on for this? <laughs> yeah, no, it's sorry, Teresa, but it's super depressing right now. Yes. And I I sent that message to Jane and I was like, dude, this is so depressing. And she was like, is it? And I said, yeah. And she was like, okay, well, that was kind of what I was wondering. And then sure enough, when she got her chance to go in, she validated my feelings. So it wasn't just it wasn't just me. So Teresa, I have to tell you, not that it's on your list to go to Disney Park anytime soon. <laughs> um Stay away from Epcot if you do, uh, because I think I think it would just crush you. I really, I it's it's so completely changed right now. It's a shell of what it initially was, and even walking on Soren didn't uh, didn't didn't make me feel any happier on that day. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my that's my answer to Epcot right there. Is um, there was there it just overall it, it wasn't it wasn't good. I have to, I watch a lot of um, Instagram stories and pretty much anything I can get my hands on because I have a ton of time on my hands. And <laughs> every person that I saw that went to Epcot was like, yay, Epcot, because they love Epcot. But then they would all say the same thing. There was something different about it. And it was like, that was nice of them. I'm less <laughs> nice. So I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I mean, just things like you get off of Spaceship Earth, which by the way, I was so happy to smell Rome is burning again and <laughs> thank the Phoenicians and my little foxy scientist is there rocking her boots and her yellow tights. Um, and our newsboy is still backwards. <laughs> We're like, what have you done with his face? But anyway, you get off of Spaceship Earth into dead silence. Oof. Yeah, this was, um, this was, this was painful. This, this really did. We walked that off hurt. and mm-hmm, <laughs> I was, uh, I was with my daughter and she doesn't go to Disney like I go to Disney. So she she hadn't been on Spaceship Earth for, I guess, two years probably. And she walked in. She was like, wait, wait, what? What is happening? <laughs> and I just, I looked at her and I said, COVID, baby. And she was like, oh my gosh, mom, has all of this always been here? I said, yes, but it looked very different. Like that whole screen was lit up and yeah. there was activity and there was lights and there was all this. And was it was music. all- Guys, it was dark. I have a picture. I think I took a picture of it. Yeah, I think I have a picture of it. And it's it's just that whole room at when you exit Spaceship Earth uh, is just depressing. I mean, it's it's dead. It's literally dead. There is nothing 
there's no life in that room at all. Except for the cast member. Except for the cast member who sat there. Exactly. <laughs> telling you to exit. That was the only life in the room. Well, said, and it makes sense for, in two parts because we talked last week about how they're removing, you know, they're they're not giving you the chance to engage in a lot of the interactive elements, mm-hmm. which is what that area mostly is. But Epcot or Spaceship Earth was also supposed to be closed right now because they mm-hmm. were, you know, during during the shutdown was the period that you know it was going to be closed for I think two years to start going under under a refurbishment. So I'm I'm grateful that if if I go back anytime soon, I will get to at least ride Spaceship Earth one more time, even mm-hmm, even with mm-hmm. the ending being the way it is right now. But <laughs> like I said, it's not it's not surprising that that area would be completely completely shut down to what people were expecting. Yeah, and I I agree. I definitely you know, all the touch points are closed down and I understand that they don't want people to linger. So, you know, if they had kept the lights on and people had seen, you know, there's a couple of places where you could probably lean or sit or whatever, even especially if it rains, people might try to duck in there. So I understand why they did it, but it was, it was just a little jarring. (laughs) So... Yeah, uh, jarring is a definitely a a good uh, good answer for that. It just, yeah, it just it just wasn't good. Um, so more of Epcot. So the good things about Epcot. Oh, and by the way, by the way, Francisco's out there. This is not anything towards you, except for maybe the one guest services person that I talked to. I didn't really love you, but. <laughs> You and you and you are great. Not you. You, Not you. you. <laughs> Correct. Correct. No, and to be fair, he was just doing his job. I just have a level, I think, of uh, customer service that I was frustrated with by the time I got to him. And so when he didn't do what I thought was like the basic thing that I was asking him to do, which was literally like document this discussion. I I just wanted him to document that we had a discussion and he was refusing to do it. He was like, if I document that we, that we talked about this, I am basically signing off on it and I can't do that. I was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I just want you to put like in my account that we had a conversation about this issue and that you explained the policy to me at that time. That's Those were the words I wanted him to do. And he just was refusing. And I was like, okay, so I have no proof that I came and had a discussion with... This is why sometimes it's better to call people because those calls are all recorded. Anywho, um, I may have to edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even sure you should because I feel like somewhere in some car in some house, <laughs> someone is like, Girl, yes, I have had that happen. <laughs> I just, I, and it is not I, all roses. It's, it's, it's just the way my brain thinks and and what I wanted and what he and the way his brain was thinking and what he wanted. They were not meshing up at all. So Francisco and I did not get along, but the rest of the Franciscos all throughout uh, Epcot were absolutely lovely. So this is not to say anything or a slight on you guys, even when I express how sad it was to walk into Germany to get some caramel popcorn and to have not a single German smiling face behind the counter whatsoever, no one making anything. There was um, 
boxes of pre-made items, basically like the stuff that used to be on the shelf behind you. They had put it inside the glass case to fill it up. And then they had four total treats for you to choose from in the like, you know, freshly made stuff. This is what I'm talking about by depressing. You could normally walk into, uh, you know, the caramel cushion and there's they're making stuff. They're making popcorn in front of you. They're dipping apples. They're cooking. It's magical. It smells heavenly. They're smiling. They're talking in their accents. It's beautiful. And because the the the, the there, there's no international cast members at this time, because that was not um, you know a, able to happen. You through no no one's fault. Like I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying this is the reality of it. You walk in and instead it was a very different experience. I did get my popcorn. The popcorn was still amazing. So phew, that's the good news. <laughs> um, but I was also, usually I like to buy, um, uh, what's it called? Sea salted covered, dark chocolate covered caramels. Like I I love those there. And they didn't have that. And they they I think they only had one caramel bar option to choose from. That was it. And so I walked out a little disappointed there, but I did get my popcorn, so that was good. But um, but that's an example of, of of what I mean by it's a very different, very very different back in world showcase uh, than what you you know what we know and love about Epcot. Yeah, it was definitely a different feel in world showcase, and you know, food and wine festival, Teresa, I think you said it's the longest food and wine festival they've had or something. Cause they started food and wine festival early. And right. And I would imagine some of that has to do with having to end flower and garden quite early. <laughs> yes. And they kind of positioned it. And I, I mean, this is how all of our party took it. They kind of positioned it like it was going to be a hybrid of flower and garden and food and wine. And look, I was not going in expecting it to be everything that was open and <clears throat> all that stuff. Cause like, I know we're operating on like bare bones over here, but someone said that there are 24 food and wine booths that are open and I was like oh man I think the max I saw was like 10 <laughs> and uh, we yeah. and we went in um I don't know what they call that like in between like the UK and Canada it's where they host like party for the senses that like mm-hmm, back building mm-hmm. and there's three or four stations that are in there and we went in there and saw those but I think it was like a handful of other booths as you walked around and I was like this is sad. It was very sad. So Claire went with me specifically for, she was the only one that wanted to go to Epcot. Uh, she went with me specifically for the snacking around the world idea. Like she was all in for experiencing um, this food and wine experience. And I did tell her, I was like, it's a lot less than that what they normally have. And so I'm not sure what will be there. And, you know, let's just go and see what they have and blah, 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 blah. And uh, we got one item from the citrus booth yep citrus and i chose to skip over my favorite which is the canada booth because the regal beagle was open yes (laughs) and i needed to have uh some barbecue from uh, the regal eagle and so i said 
you know, we'll keep walking all the way around. And if there's any booth that you're interested that you want to stop at, we'll stop. We'll get you something you can taste. And she stopped and she read each one. But I think, you know, there was only a handful of them. We did not go back into the Party of the Senses area. So we did stay out of there. Um, that there was only a handful that we came up across that um, that she stopped and read. And when we finally got to uh, the Regal Eagle, I went ahead and made my order. And she was like, can I just share that with you in case there's other food on the other half of the World Showcase that I want? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we shared it, which by the way, you can completely fill up on a shared portion of, uh, we had the brisket sandwich and we had onion rings and we had a side of mac and cheese and OMG. Greatest mac good. and cheese ever. <laughs> Greatest. Like it, it, this, I mean, it was really it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I won't say it's the greatest Disney mac and cheese because that still belongs to Club 33's old mac and cheese that they used to have. They had um, lobster truffle mac. Oh my word! Anywho, um, but but it was but it was really good. It was it was really fantastic, and we found um, we found a, a great little. Here's here's Patty's big tip, guys. In the time of COVID, when you are walking around and you are hot with your masks on and you're going to sit down to eat something, let me tell you, find the shaded place to sit that's also by the open door because you get a little AC, a little shade, and yet you're not stuck inside with all the peoples. And that's my tip for you. So we, there's a picnic table underneath the American pavilion and the doors were open to greet people for the American experience. And uh, we sat right there and had a little air conditioning, had a little barbecue. It was fabulous. We, we were really good. That, that part made me happy. What also made me happy about this part of Epcot was the stage actually had performers going on. They were singing. Um, there was a mariachi band that came out. There was a, uh, the Jaminators came out and there was somebody else. I can't remember who the other one that we heard um, came out and played. Now that whole pavilion part, I think was blocked off. So people could not go and sit and listen to the concert, but you heard it just by walking around. Right. So there is still some live music happening. It's just not, you know, what we had again before and what we had in the past in more of an intimate setting. This is definitely very social distanced <laughs> live, um, live, live act, live, uh, live performance. But it was good. That part was good. Um, but yeah, when we finished the rest of the walk of the way through, we got all the way out of the world showcase, and I was like, Claire, you didn't get anything. She was like, there wasn't anything I was even interested in. There, she was like, there was only like three or four more booths, and I was like, I know. It just there wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot. So. I'm going to give, if you guys are going to Epcot specifically for food and wine festival, please, please, please temper your expectations. Uh, Hawaii was there and Canada was there. Both of those are solid. Those, both of those are good. However, it's just not as robust at all as what we had in the past. And there are some booths that we passed that were not open. So we were like, oh, okay. So it looks like... Eventually, I think they might try to ramp up to all the booths, um, but, I, you know, we just don't know. Like, they could try, or they could say, nope, this is an absolute bust, and we're going to stick with what we have. We don't really know, um, but we did see some booths that were definitely not open 
So we were hoping that maybe someday they would open. And, and I even, with all of my, like, anyone that knows me knows I don't really go to food and wine. Um, it's actually my most hated time of year at Epcot because I don't like the crowds. It, it brings out, like, some of the worst people. <laughs> yep. And, um, and, you know, generally... I can't go during the week because I'm working. And so on weekends, it's just an absolute disaster. So most of the time, I usually try to hit food and wine. Um, my big tip is to hit it on the day that the biggest hurricane is coming because <laughs> no one is there. Go very early, hit food and wine and go home. And maybe like two other times, I'll try to you know squeeze in like an hour on a Friday night or something. But I really try not to go because I don't like the people. Well, there were no people. And I really missed the people. <laughs> See, I don't miss the people. I, I can be honest about that is I had no feelings of, oh, I miss crowds or I miss people. I don't. Nope, nope, nope. I don't miss that. It wasn't really so much crowds as it was like the spirit of food and wine. Like there was, it was, there was no festival atmosphere. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and we get that during, uh, really all the festivals have it, you know, Festival of the Arts has it, Flower and Garden has it, like there's always sort of a little like buzz and, you know, people are kind of having a good time and like it just sort of felt sad. Sorry, I'm laughing <laughs> a little bit. I'm like, some people at those festivals definitely have a little more buzz than others. Correct. <laughs> No, I, I think that's accurate though. And I, and I think you're right that that's, that's basically what we kind of felt too, was like the buzz or the electricity, it was flat. Just the whole yes. atmosphere was very flat at Epcot and uh, did, did not, did not like that. Did not like that at all, especially because I, I think I equate Epcot to that whole meandering and walking and chatting and you know, and just taking my time and stopping here to nibble on this and stopping over here to get that. Um, even without it being a festival, even when Diet Epcot's happening, <laughs> I will still like nibble my way through uh, the different stores and the different booths that are that are out there. And so, yeah, maybe that was it. Um, it just it was it was just a very different experience. Um, I think overall. Now, we did ride Soren and we rode Spaceship Earth. And we rode the land and we rode figment. Uh, the land, I had an unexpected moment. I It brought a little tear to my eye, which was absolutely ridiculous. But it was the last thing we did before we left uh, Disney World was ride the land. And then Claire and I actually just, we left for the day. And they had the little sign that said, we missed you. You know, t- just tucked in with all the other signs t- describing the the vegetables and the fruit that they're growing. And, yeah, and that I was, was like, <laughs> oh, "Oh, they missed us. We missed you too." So it was very sweet. So um, I love that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's you know just unexpected little moments of magic like that that I really appreciated. But overall, there was some definite weirdness to this park and. If I was going back, I would, uh, because of the reservation system and because of no park hopping, I would absolutely just write this one off for now. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go to it. Yeah. We, we spent, um, two hours there, which to be perfectly frank is about our max that we enjoy. (laughs) 
at the parks because we can. And honestly, we rode all the same things you rode. So um, we rode everything and then took a lap around the world and we were back in the car within two hours. So uh, I also have to say that be- this was prior to the new mask mandate and Epcot absolutely was the worst park even outside of the World Showcase. I'm not even talking about those folks that are trying to eat and walk and talk and whatever. Just in all the rest of Epcot, they were the worst folks that I noted with mask um, compliance. It just kind of felt like people got into Epcot. And I don't know if it's because it's so big and there's all these walls up and things were weird that they felt they could get away with pulling it down and just walking around without wearing it. I don't know what their what the answer was, but even on uh, Figment, for example, we look over and the family next to us, like every male member of the family, the women were all masked, but every male member of this large uh, family that was sitting next to us in their little cart, they had all taken their masks off. And Claire and I were like, what are you guys doing? Um, Anywho, just a, a random note, but that, that, this was the worst, uh, that I saw as far as that was concerned. So when that mask mandate came out, I cheered and I thought, good. And I just saw a picture. I might've been Disney food blog. I can't remember which site it was, but they have these new, uh, sign like new paddles. And I guess they have cast members that are walking around in Epcot with a sign that says, you know, basically you need to stop and eat. You can't be walking and eating. Please pull over to the side. <laughs> so they're trying. They're trying to to make it as safe as possible. And for that, I give Disney some uh, some respect for for seeing a, a problem and trying to come up with ways to 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 fix it. Yeah, I think um, we. I don't know if we were in there the day that that rule that that came out that new policy or the day before but it looked like that was what was going on for the most part when we were there but um we did not have the same mask offenders in Epcot we did um I'm gonna segue a little over to Hollywood Studios we did have a conversation while we were at Hollywood Studios that the cast actually at Hollywood studios almost seemed like more relaxed than anywhere else. And so like, we almost felt like some of the precautions and whatever were a little bit like let up there. And we were like, this is definitely not the place where you want to be letting up because that's the park that everybody's running to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have that experience. I never felt any issue with the cast members, but I was there opening day. So it could have also just been uh, the difference between the days that we went. Um, yeah. Maybe they relaxed a little bit, but the day I was there, I, I, I definitely, I felt solid on the max mask enforcement, solid on the uh, standing six feet apart enforcement, like all of that I felt, felt pretty good about. Hollywood Studios has its own issues and we'll talk about those in a minute. But before we bounce out of Epcot, I do want to say I saw Joy frolicking around the grass. Yes. Over by Figment. I saw Pooh. Yeah. It's it's just as adorable. And it's like, Disney, why weren't you doing this all along? This is the cutest thing. And I think it was, well, yeah, being able to walk up and take your picture with them and whatever. Like, I get that. 
But this was almost more fun to kind of see them in their quote unquote natural environment or experience or I don't know what you would call it, but it was in the wild. wild. It was adorable. (laughs) That was adorable. The um, the cavalcade that we saw that went through, we saw the Fab Five come through and then we also saw the princesses come through. I I didn't love the princesses so much uh, coming through all of the world showcase. I don't know why. I just guess I don't. Here I am being Team Teresa maybe, but I don't see the Disney princesses as like belonging in world showcase. That just look at me, Teresa. You've influenced me. Um, it was a it was a weird fit. Just saying. I know. I know. It was a weird fit. I I truly felt like when I saw them like this, I'll, and I have video up um, on my Instagram, but I'll, I'll share it somewhere else, probably the Facebook group, um, if you guys want to see it. But it was a weird fit to me. It just didn't feel natural. And that's why I was like, nope, you guys can go away. I was okay, strangely enough, seeing the characters come through, seeing Donald and Mickey and Minnie, um, coming through that didn't bother me but the princesses did for some reason and uh, maybe because they were also none of the face characters are wearing masks and I think just my personal bias I want them in masks I am sure they've gone over this and they feel they're being super safe and yada 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 but I think visually seeing a Disney princess wearing a mask during this time that's not a bad thing I think that actually sends a pretty good message Uh, plus it's Disney they could make masks that have them smiling and it might be cute I don't know if it would be cute or not but I just it bothers me to that they're not masks like for their own safety that I wish I would feel more confident they have them separated they have them barriered off I get all of that but I still want I still want them in masks I I I don't know that's just me maybe um, I mean, I've seen the debate online. I personally am okay with them not wearing masks. Um, you know, as long as they feel comfortable with it, then then I'm fine with it. Because, you know, they're not in they're not in close proximity of any of the guests. Um, and yes, while they are within close proximity of each other, you know, there's precautions that they're taking there. And so, you know, that's I understand why Disney is not doing it. And I understand everybody's like, but it would set such a great example. I understand all of it. I just don't really have a, you don't have a strong opinion either way. Not really. (laughs) Got it. Got it. All right. Uh, So let's talk about Hollywood studios. Uh, As I mentioned, we went there the opening day of Hollywood studios and I did that on purpose because I had in my head that I was going to be there early enough to walk in right as the gates open. And it was just going to be this magical experience. I love Hollywood Studios so much right now, which is also just hilarious to me because two years ago, that would have been the park I rode off, right? But such a transformation, so many changes, so many great things that they have done from I love Toy Story Land, I love Galaxy's Edge. I got to ride Mickey and Minnie's railway and no spoilers, Teresa, don't, you don't have to cover your ears. I'm just going to tell you. It's adorable. <laughs> it's adorable. It is so adorable. And I loved every second of it. So um, that, that being said, I was very excited to go. And so I wanted this uh, experience of walking in and I was hoping, you know, that 
Josh would be out to welcome me because, you know, hi, Josh, it's me. Hello. Uh, he was not there. Um, but we also, we walked into the park, I think around 9.15 and it wasn't even supposed to open until 10 o'clock. And when I walked in, Mickey and Minnie's Railway already had a line that was showing a 70 minute wait. So they opened that park even earlier than my 9.15 arrival time. They definitely opened it, you know, had to have been 8.45 maybe, eight, 9 o'clock possibly, but they opened it early. And since that ride and since that attraction is so new, that is absolutely where everybody's going. So keep this in mind. If you are planning on going to Hollywood Studios, the number one tip that I can tell you is adjust your expectations. You are not going to have walk-on rides like you are at all the other parks. Not well. this park. <laughs> Unless you do the Jane thing and you roll in at four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So um, we did not go to Hollywood Studios on opening day. We did go um, a few days later and our plan um Again, you know, we we do this a lot, so we don't we don't need to have full days in parks to feel like we maximized our passes and all that good stuff. So I understand that we take these things a little bit differently. Um, but our thing was we just wanted to get in and have a shot at a boarding pass for Rise, and um, we originally were going to go for one o'clock, and then like we had like stuff to do during the day, so it was like oh, okay, well let's just try to get in for four. And we did, we stayed at Riviera this weekend and we took the Skyliner over. Um, Teresa, yes, you get your own little Skyliner for just your party now. So yay for that. And we strolled in the park at like five to four and four o'clock, picked up a boarding pass for Rise. And like everything was a walk-on except for Mickey and Minnie which was stated at 45, which I knew was way less than it had been all week long. And eventually we, we did other rides first. Um, but when we got to Mickey and Minnie, it's, I think it said 50 minutes when we finally got on and we waited 25 minutes and that included them stopping to clean the ride. So I think there's a lot, and, and that was the other thing that I noticed when I watched a lot of people's Instagram stories. I think they are purposely, like, inflating the wait time. Maybe it's to include a cleaning cycle or two just so that people don't get upset if they're waiting for that long. Um, but, yeah, we were on and off in 25 minutes on that ride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were not. Um, we we rode it twice. Uh, the first time I rolled up and got in line, and I think it said – uh, it was, I think it's a 90 minutes was the wait and probably within 10 minutes of us getting in line, it, it, a monsoon came through. <laughs> it was a hurricane. I don't yeah. even know, but there I was standing in line because my husband was like, we're going to leave. Right. And I was like, you can, but I want to ride this ride. Uh, it had been down for most of the day earlier. And I was just concerned that it was going to shut down again. And I just didn't want to miss the chance because I don't know when I will be back uh, right. to Walt Disney World. And so I really wanted to ride it. So I went ahead and said, I'm going to stay. You can go do whatever you want to do. And he was going to go. Try I can't remember. Oh, he wanted to go do um, Toy Story Mania. And it was just the two of us. The kids all stayed back in the cabin at that point. And um, he was going to go do Toy Story Mania. But it started raining so hard on him that he finally pulled over and was like, I 
I'm just going to wait this out. So he hung out some in one place and I hung out with my umbrella in the rain and um, it went on. It was, it wasn't, unfortunately, it wasn't like one of those quick Florida showers. This one took a little while. (laughs) Uh, And I thought naively that people would get out of line because they didn't want to stand in the rain. Man, there were some hardcore people on that day because <laughs> I think I saw two families exit the line and that was it. The rest of us were all staying put. We were all out in the rain. There was people, uh, there were people getting soaked who had no type of protective cover. They didn't care. They just stood there and got wet. Uh, there were people like me. I pulled on the poncho. I had my umbrella. I was fine, but Anyway, it was kind of it was kind of funny. It was it was a very special experience, I guess, that I will never forget for my first Mickey and Minnie. When I finally got in, I started my timer on my phone because I was just curious how long it would take. When I finally got in, even with this rain and kind of, I felt like the line stopped at some point, and I don't know if that was um, an accurate representation. I I felt like what happened is. The line stopped because people didn't want to continue through the queue where they would have to go outside again. And so they just waited until they could cut across to stay inside. So I don't know that that it was a full stop, like the ride went down, but by the time we actually got on the ride, my husband came back and joined me and we did get to ride together. So when we finally got on the ride, I want to say it ended up being like an hour and 15 minutes. And originally it stated 90 minutes. So in the end, it was an accurate-ish, you know, wait time um, as predicted. So that one was 90 minutes. We went back and rode it a second time later because my daughter Claire did finally come join us in the park and she really wanted to ride it. And that one was listed as an 80 minute uh, wait time and it was 25 minutes. So keep that in mind is that don't be scared. Even if you see this long line that is wrapped all around that whole area out front of the Grauman Chinese theater, uh, it's not as bad as it looks. It actually moved pretty quickly. Uh, this is a well, well moving ride. So, um, worth it if you're going to go ahead and ride this ride because it's adorable and that's all we're gonna say until someday when Teresa actually gets to ride it <laughs> which who knows when that will be um but uh but anyway so there's that uh the other rides that that took a long time um smugglers run had I think a 45 minute wait for us and it was probably 35 minutes in actuality but that was still longer than I expected. Uh, Rock and Roll and Tower of Terror. We walked on Tower of Terror and we walked on Rock and Roll, but as soon as we got off of it, that's when we saw the line was reached out. The the line for Rock and Roll went all the way out past, um, you know, the car entrance. You know, when you walk underneath the car that's on the on the tracks, Mm -hmm. it it was it was all the way out there, like out to the to the street. So. Uh, that one, I don't know if the ride had gone down or what the deal was, but uh, that one, I kind of kept an eye on things throughout the day. And so that's my negative about Hollywood Studios is if you're going like in the heat of the day, if you're like me and you want to get your full day's worth of your ticket that you just paid over $100 for, so you want to be there all day long, know that there's going to be a lot longer wait times at this park than at the other parks. 
until probably four or five o'clock. After that point, it definitely lessened up, uh, lightened up. We were able to walk on Toy Story Mania. We were able to walk on Smuggler's Run again. Um, I think Tower of Terror and Rock and Roll still had decent looking wait times. It doesn't mean it was inaccurate, but I mean, 25, 35 type minutes versus, you know, walk-ons or 10 minutes that we had experienced first thing in the morning. Um, so all of those things were still there. Just that was my, that was my big takeaway from this park is that I, I think what we're seeing with the reservation system, this is the popular park. This is where everybody wants to go because it has two of the newest attractions that people want to experience at this point in time. And then, um, in it, when you have all those people, there's also just what used to kind of soak up people were some of the shows and experiences and all the shows are shut down. So there's nowhere for people to go, but to stand in line to ride a ride. Right. So when you've got, what is it like 10 rides, I think total in that part, there's not just, I that's not the right number, but there's not a ton. And when you don't have any other options for people to do, that's what's going to happen is they are going to still stand in line. Yeah. So um, we showed up at four o'clock because like I said, that's what we do. And uh, we got our boarding pass for rise. We went over, we had a 10 minute wait for slinky. So it was an absolute walk on once we got, we actually stopped ourselves before the line because we had just gotten a Starbucks and we were like, Oh my God, they're going to make us throw it out because there's like, there, there's no wait time for us to drink this. Um, so I think once, when we actually did go to walk through, I think it had gone to like 15, but by the time we got off the ride, it had dropped to 10 again. So we rode that, um, saucers was a completely walk on. That was a five minute wait. Toy Story Mania was a walk on. Um, so we did all of those three. Then we did the runaway railway because the whole time we were just waiting for the boarding pass to come back. The great thing is now with the new boarding passes, the way that they're doing boarding passes, they give you a time, an estimated time of when your boarding pass can get called. So when you when we got our boarding pass, it said you have approximately 140 minutes until you're called. So we kind of like had a ballpark of, okay, let's go do all these things before we get called. Um, so we did Mickey and Minnie. Then we went back and it looked like it was going to rain. So we went back into Galaxy's Edge to try to hit Smuggler's Run. Um, if you ever wanted a photo with no one in it and just the Millennium Falcon, this is your time. <laughs> there Four o'clock. Yeah. So at four o'clock, not in the morning, because we had people all around us, but four o'clock. <laughs> four o'clock in the afternoon, we were out there, and I have no one in our Millennium Falcon photos. We popped right into that absolute walk-on. We stopped in the line, because there was no one in it, so we stopped to really, like, look around, like, what is this stuff? <laughs> like, I mean, we all know I don't do standby, so what's going on over here? What, what are we looking at? Um, and then I will say that the one thing I was not like, that was a little uncomfortable was kind of like the, I don't even know what the room is called, you know, like, uh, where they gather people on smugglers run, you know, that first room Patty before mm -hmm. they put you in, 
that room was kind of tight and it had a lot of people in there. Um, so I felt like that was a little much. Um, Wait, when- are you talking, are you talking about, no, no spoilers, Teresa, but are you talking about the room that actually has some, that's an actual room or are you talking about the queue? No, the room, the room with okay. the table. The room with the table. The room mm. with, with the, with the chess table. Oh, Smuggler's Run. I'm sorry. I, I was in, I, yeah, I'm on the wrong ride. Yes. Smuggler's Run. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Um, so that room, it had a lot of mm-hmm, it people did. in it. And yep. so the great thing with Smuggler's Run is they will also only load your car with just your family. So whoever you're riding with, even if you're one person, you'll get to choose who gets to be pilot, who gets to be gunner, engineer, whatever. Um, when we got on, it started to downpour when we walked into the queue. And when we walked out, it stopped raining. It was perfect. <laughs> and then as we were walking over, our rise boarding pass was called. So we went and hopped in the rise line, which was um, very long. Uh, it was long. Uh, obviously, they have to space it out six feet. So it's always going to be extra than what was expected. While we were in that queue, the line went down, uh, the ride went down, which they don't tell you, but we kind of know how things work and you can start to watch cast members move from place to place in quick manners and having conversations. And um, while we were standing in the line, we were like, this line is just a little, it's a little too close for comfort for just hanging out. Um, It's fine if you're just walking through it. But there's a lot of tight spots. And for us, we were just like, we've done this. We've done this more times than probably many people. We don't need to do this again. So we're out. We want to go. So we went to leave um, there. It was pouring again. And then um, and then we really were just like, we'll go. We did look at Tower. And uh, Tower was a walk-on because that was at 13 minutes and uh, Rock and Roll was at 25 minutes. But at that point, we were like, yeah, we're ready to go. It's raining. We just want to get back to the hotel. Let's go, like, get dinner or whatever. But pretty much for us, everything was a walk-on. So yeah. highly recommend yeah. Or Or even if you want to, like, go in the morning, take a break, and then go back in the afternoon, you can you can just get a lot done in the afternoon. Well, we did that too, but our problem, I think, was being there that first day. Yeah. Uh, and then in addition to that, the, uh, the, we had, we had some breakdowns that I think caused some backups and some, um, some issues there too, as well. So, you know, it was a multifaceted situation, uh, that we were, that we personally ran into, but at the same time, I thought it was overall, uh, it was, it was a good park to go to. I, I definitely am not putting this on the skip list. I'm just saying go in with some reasonable expectations because it definitely was different than my experience at Magic Kingdom or my experience at Animal Kingdom in a lot of ways. Um, so- and I think that's just part of the way the park is set up. Yeah, we had a lot. Um, we found that there were a lot of hand sanitizer machines at Hollywood Studios that were out. Um, uh, th- that too. Yeah, it was weird. And uh, that was they nowhere else. Mm-hmm, <laughs> when mm-hmm. you say they were out, do you mean like physically present or out of sanitizer? Out of sanitizer. Ooh, okay. 
Yeah. So we had, uh, I always carry um, extra sanitizer. I have a bag of like six little mini sanitizers I carry. So we always had sanitizer with us, but we always try to, we try to use Disney's, which by the way, I don't know if anyone else has seen those stories, but it is true. Epcot has real Purell. And so the Epcot sanitizer is way nicer on your hands than the other parks. So the other park sanitizer, when you put it on your hands, it gets sticky. And somebody said it might be because there's aloe in it or something. But it's almost guaranteed that if I put on like two rounds of sanitizer, which is basically I walk on a ride, put sanitizer on, get off the ride, put sanitizer on. I'm like desperate to wash my hands because it like it just sticks and it could be the humidity. I'm not sure. Epcot sanitizer. That stuff is glorious. So, not all bad things at Epcot. But, um, yeah, with Hollywood Studios, we found that they were just out of sanitizer, which was just for us. We were like, come on, guys, like, get it together. We need some sanitizer. And um, the other thing is there's not a lot of food options at Hollywood Studios. There was not. And that and when was I say another... not a lot, I mean none. I felt that recently, just recent trips anyways, it feels like the Hollywood studios, like their quick service food options, the, the times and the hours that they're open are just terrible. It's, they're very terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, like even before this, like they were just have very weird hours. They'd close much earlier than the park would. And they, so even pre-COVID times, I would sometimes struggle just finding something in the evenings that was open to yes. go get food. Agreed. Yes. I've had that same problem. And it's always been the park that I will avoid uh, eating <laughs> in yep. if I can for that exact reason. It is, it's just, it's not, <laughs> it, it's lacking. It's like my go-to in that park is Woody's Lunchbox because I love tachos. Um, and if you and it was closed them, and that's closed, that's completely mm-hmm. closed. Um, Backlot is another one we go to. And what we found out was that's actually only open from one to four. That's the only time it's open. So that wasn't open. Um, apparently Pizza Rizzo is open, but it's open like the opposite hours of Backlot. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, this is just too much. Um, ABC Commissary also wasn't open. So I'm like, I didn't go down Sunset Boulevard, but I guess the only place to eat is either in Galaxy's Edge or I don't even know if Sunshine, um, what is it? Sunshine, sun, Sunset Boulevard. Well, it's like Garden. Miss Rosie's All-American, like the ones down. Yes, yes, yes. that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Was that open? Uh, that I didn't see open, but um, we actually ate. Half of us ate at Pizza Rizzo and the other half of us ate at Backlot during the same time period. So that was opening day. So maybe you had a lower crowd day or something or a different, they, you know, made some tweaks as the days went on, but that's what we ended up doing. And, um, I can't say I was impressed by either option. Again, Hollywood Studios, I just, it's, I'm not a fan of eating there. The only thing I like to eat there is the carrot cake cookie, which... They were completely out of. So, oh, no. yeah, it was, it was, it was disappointing. I had a disappointing snack run, y'all. I just wasn't able to get my snacks in like I wanted. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, that is, that was, our, that was my experience. Um, overall, again, there were things that I did enjoy. I liked, there was, we saw 
a Pixar character parade go by and we saw the Disney Junior parade go by. So I got to see Vampirina like waving without having to pay a bazillion dollars or having to sit through the show <laughs> to see Vampirina. So I was happy about that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was, it was all right. It was good. I did enjoy all of the rides at universe. I mean, at uh, Hollywood studios as I always do. So that I have no negatives there. We should probably though, do a quick rundown about the process of getting on rise of the resistance since it's the same, but different a little bit. There's a twist now to this and also how we felt you kind of touched on it earlier with your experience, Jane. And I want to echo that. I did. We did score Rise of the Resistance boarding passes. We scored them at the 10 o'clock opening uh, option. And we never saw a time frame. So I didn't know when our time was going to be called. We actually had already just got ready to order food when, uh, when, our, when our boarding group was called. So we had to cancel the food order and go back and redo it later. But... Um, Anyway, uh, when we got into the queue, I will say that was the most uncomfortable I felt in all of Disney dumb um, this this time. It took probably 35, almost 40 minutes for us to completely get through the queue and the ride. And that meant a lot of standing in very tight quarters, even with the plexiglass up, even with the six feet distance. It was still a lot tighter uh, for my comfort levels at this time. So again, if I was going back to Walt Disney World, I would skip Rise of the Resistance. And it breaks my heart to say that. But unless that line is just moving along, I'm not going to stand in it for as long as we did. Yeah, I, I didn't, I was not comfortable in it at all. That's the, that's the one place that the ride was great and it ran perfectly for us. And it was, um, we had some character interaction. My son basically got, shamed by one of the empire and he was like did I, did that just happen and I was like yes it did and I got it on video <laughs> so I mean we had we had a good time with the ride itself but I really did not like standing and it wasn't the fact that I was standing in line like I accept standing in line that's not the issue it was at this time of the time of COVID that is not what I want to be doing and I wasn't comfortable doing it. So I would skip that in the future. Or if we had ridden it a million times like Jane did, I probably would have bounced out as well. But because uh, nobody really had, um, had, had ridden this except for me, we went ahead and stuck it out and we rode. But that's what I would give you guys as a heads up is that that line can be long and in tight spaces. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that that line is um, a tricky one. So just be prepared. I mean, that's really just the the biggest thing, you know, just be prepared with what you're willing to do, you know, whether you're willing to go through with it or not, or, um, but it's definitely, it's a very long line. It's a very long line to begin with, um, but then it's even longer almost now with COVID. But mm -hmm. um, to go back to the new process, so the yeah, new process with on that. Rise of the Resistance, um, it used to be that boarding groups were available as soon as the park opened and they were for all day long. That is no longer true. Um, 
the boarding groups that they're doing, they are releasing um, chunks of boarding groups throughout the day. So they release them at 10 o'clock, they release them at one o'clock, and they release them at four o'clock. Uh, if you get a boarding group in the 10 o'clock group, you are no longer eligible to get one throughout the day. If you get one at one o'clock, you can't get one at four o'clock. So they really are trying to just keep people to riding once a day and um, give everybody the most opportunity to be able to get a boarding group. For us, that was one of the reasons why I think it worked for us to get the four o'clock boarding group. I think a lot of people, they get tired, they give up, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And so for us, it was like, we're not going to rush there to get there first thing in the morning. And even if we did, we would tap in, get our boarding group and leave. Um, but you will have an opportunity throughout the day to try to get a boarding group. The other thing is, um, they did remove, they used to show you what boarding group they were currently up to. And that is no longer on the app and they've now replaced it with an approximate wait time for your boarding group. So as I mentioned earlier, when I pulled our boarding group, it said, um, 140 minute wait time. So, and it kept updating throughout. So we kind of knew, okay, well, we have 55 minutes left. We have about 40 minutes left. Truthfully, it went a whole lot faster. Um, I want to say it was about a half an hour ahead of what it originally said that we were going to have, but um, it is there. So that's, that's kind of a nice little update with that ride. But I think just overall in general, they're changing uh, procedures every day and they're really updating they're really going off of guest feedback and you can tell like um, the temperature checks changed when we got to Hollywood studios, they were doing um, forehead and behind the ear. And that was for everybody that was coming through. So they said, Oh, that was a little bit more accurate on the temperature checks. So, but I didn't have that the next day at Epcot. So I think a lot of stuff you may not find consistency, which can sometimes be a little frustrating because you know, you want to think like, well, why isn't everybody doing the exact same thing? But I think also they're, they're trying to figure out what works best. Um, so every day something is changing and updating, um, you know, cause they just want to give us the best experience they can. That's interesting about the temperature checks. Cause I didn't experience that at all. And again, I was there the first day you were there a week later. So maybe that's the difference, but uh, when I went in, it was just the forehead thing and they moved on. Yeah. And that was the same for me at the other parks as well. You know, it was hmm. just, just forehead, but, um, but when we did, yeah, studios, they did forehead and then they did behind the ear and it was all of us. So it wasn't just, and it was the people in front of us. It wasn't like, it was just, oh, we're just gonna, you know, check this family. Like I, we had walked over from Bay Lake Tower and the sun had hit our face when we went to Magic Kingdom the second time. And so when they took our initial temperature, it was high because 105 degrees outside and it's hitting our face and we just walked over. So they took our temperature a second time, right? So, but that was because it was high. This was, had nothing to do with that. It literally was, we're scanning you and we're scanning you again. Thank you. Now you're good to go. Like they were not like, oh, you're a little high. Let me try again. It was part of their procedure. No, I think I think that makes sense, and I feel you know we've we've said this quite a few times, um, especially as things progress and continue. I think there's going to be slight tweaks, 
like that that we'll see. I think we're you know things are gradually going to change. And I was thinking about this also when you were mentioning um, the food options that were available both in Epcot and Hollywood Studios. I think that's another thing that if you're if you're hearing this now and you're like, oh my, the favorite place I like to go isn't open or it's only open these hours. I think that you know they're especially because with the the limited capacity in the parks and the limited number of people, that's also going to apply to staffing the parks. And it doesn't make sense for them to have, you know, cast members in every single building operating when there's no, there's, there's not going to be the number of people to go to make that worthwhile. So I think that's something to keep an eye on, particularly as they continue or if they, if you start to notice that capacity is increasing for the number of people that are going to be in the parks, I feel like we'll, we'll start to see, I guess, longer operating hours or more, you know, more uh, restaurants that are available for you to go to and food booths, because that's what that's what everybody cares about is is the food booths, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And even even at the um, at the quick service restaurants, not everything will be available. So like, that's just, it's just really when you go, if you're going to go at this time, you know, you just have to kind of understand that things might be a little bit different than they once were. So. Yeah, it's definitely different than it once was. And that's uh, the biggest thing I think that we wanted to convey and let you know what those differences were. So you could make your own decision on if this is uh, an experience that's that you want to do or that you want to have. I know for a lot of people, it's a hard nope. Uh, For a lot of people, it's a, well, maybe I'm thinking about it. Tell me a little bit more. Uh, For some people, it's like, yeah, I'm going next week, the week after and the week after that. Woohoo. You know, I mean, I get all that. But, um, uh, But that's why we wanted to share our experiences because we both, and we also both went as totally different people. I went as a pure like vacationer type and Jane went as the local who is able to experience the parks in a little bit of different ways. And hopefully uh, you can hear how different the experiences can be just based on even hour by hour, day by day. And I'm sure over the next couple of weeks, there'll be more changes that are happening and going on. And don't worry, we're on top of it. We're going to keep paying attention to all these things and we'll let you know what we know when we know it. So if you have any other questions about visiting the parks or resorts at this time, make sure you join us in our Facebook group. Uh, That is the No Guilt Disney Facebook group. And make sure you keep joining us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl Disney alone. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.